Hello, it's Monday, June 1st, and welcome to the eighth episode of Countless, the podcast on everything and anything. I'm your host, Dara. As a former activist, but always passionate about the community, watching the video of the unjust killing of George Floyd has pained me. It's unfortunate that the killings of black people are continuously happening in cities across the nation. Police officers, often white male, seem to go rogue and forget that the U.S. has a judicial system in place. In the case of a 46-year-old black man, George Floyd, police arrested him because he used a counterfeit $20 bill to buy cigarettes. Then I wondered if he was actually taken in properly to the precinct and protocols were followed. I wondered, you know, what kind of punishment he would have received. So I went online and did a bit of research. Now, depending on the result of a proper investigation, which George Floyd was denied of, according to Minnesota's State Office of Revisor of Statutes, the maximum penalty that he could have been given is, quote, imprisonment for not more than 20 years or to payment of a fine of not more than $100,000 or minimum, end quote, or at the very least be given quote, imprisonment for not more than one year or to payment of a fine of not more than $3,000, end quote. These penalties are based on how much he was in possession of and the value of what he obtained with counterfeits. Wait a minute. So based on this information, it sounds like there was a possibility that George Floyd could have just paid a $3,000 fine or perhaps even have some prison time. That makes me sad because that would mean his life was worth only $3,000, right? Now, obviously, we don't know this because there was a lack of investigation. Now, we don't know how much of these counterfeits uh, George Floyd has or has used to obtain any kind of anything, right? Any object, whether it's like buying a car with counterfeits or buying a fridge or whatever it may be, right? We don't know because there wasn't a proper investigation. We haven't, they haven't reached that point. Now, if you do want to check on this uh, statues, you can go to the website at www.revisor.mn.gov slash statues slash site slash 609 period 632 i will put this in my blog and cite this episode it's going to be countless by dara.wordpress.com my point is is that there was no use for brute force whatsoever they could have continued to follow the protocol to bring him in and book him and so forth if he resisted arrest i'm sure there are ways for police officers to detain him without killing him instead they use force police officer derek chauvin had his knee on the back of george floyd's knee neck for eight minutes he started gasping for air and said repeatedly i can't breathe the rest of his body were pinned by two other officers while the fourth one stood there watching. George Floyd died by, quote, asphyxiation from sustained pr- pressure, end quote, according to autopsy reports. In this episode, I speak to a friend of mine named Rich. He's from Leeds United Kingdom. Yes, he's from England. I wanted to get his perspective as a black man living in another country of the protests happening in the U.S. and his thoughts of the case of George Floyd. Right. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Richard, or Richie Rich, as everybody calls me. I'm 37. <laughs> I live in UK. <laughs> I live in Leeds, um, West Yorkshire in the UK. Um, but I'm well. I'm considered a black male. Awesome. Well, thank you, Rich, for joining me. Are you probably are aware what's happening here in the U.S. in regards to the protests and everything like that? Have you guys, has that been inundated in your news or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in the morning when I get up, um, I turn on the I turn on the TV and it's always on the news. And it's been, it's really, 
they don't publicize it as much on the news here like they do, I guess, over there. But we're aware of it. I'm aware of it anyway. Mm-hmm. And most of the people that I'm friends with on Instagram and Facebook, they're aware of it a lot. So, yeah, we, we know what's going on. It's, it's horrible. It's, yeah. it's real. It's really sad. I got a friend who lives in Pennsylvania. Okay. And, and he's about it as well. And it's like, it's really sad. It's awful. Again, as well. I mean, this has already happened not too long ago before right and it's, it's happening again yeah no it's a it's an ongoing thing unfortunately and it, it saddens me i mean i'm not a black person i'm a filipino person but i'm aware of like the struggles of of black people brown people in general um i was an activist in my mostly in my 20s i'm no longer active but even though i'm not active it still pains me very deeply because it's just injustice, you know, uh, it's a human life, you know, people need to be treated fairly, no matter what the crime is, we still have a, a system in place, right, you go through trial, and there's a judge and jury, and there's a system, there's a system in place um, for a reason, it's not just we go around and, and just, you know, kill people just because, oh, they had committed a crime, it, it's not like that, it doesn't work that way, and it's unfortunate that it's happening to a lot of African Americans here in our country, so, um, it's truly, truly devastating. And so it's hard for me to watch. I watched the video of, of George Floyd. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, no, I've not seen the video yet. Um, I'm going to try and find it, but I've, re- I've not seen, I've not received a video yet to look, to look at it. But just listening to it on the news um, and, you know, seeing, I mean, yeah, it's not happened over here in the UK, but it still affects us. Mm-hmm. And just seeing that, wait a minute, this happened not too long ago. Mm-hmm. We just got over. We we just about tried to get through that moment. And then here's this guy almost reconstructing the same event happening again and then making it look like it's not a big deal. And it is a big deal. I mean, like you said, we... Brown people, ethnic people have been faced in this whole situation where we're not considered equal, we're outsiders, where where there's always an issue, there's always a problem, there's always something that they have to say. And now they're going around just acting careless and saying it's in the name of the law, what law allows you to just, you know, restrain somebody with such force like that for one person, which I know for a fact you wouldn't do mm-hmm. if it was one of your own people. Mm-hmm. So why is it okay? You right. know, and then we're out there trying to protest to, to send a message across. Um, fair enough. Okay. It might be a bit extreme the way we're handling it, but you know, it's an extreme situation that, you know, it's an extreme case. We're in a pandemic as it is right now mm-hmm. and tensions already high. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're, I don't know if it's over there you guys but over here in the uk you know this pandemic on its own is already affecting the black asian minority over here as it is so i'm guessing it's affecting across the world and now you've got law enforcement guys doing you know part of my language shit like this mm-hmm. i'm thinking it's okay and it's not it's not okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally so, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I totally agree. It's it's not okay. Uh, you know, and what's unfortunate is that these protests that start across the nation for us here in the United States started out peaceful, whether it's Boston or um, Los Angeles, anywhere, they all started peaceful, right? And that's the, the one thing we have to recognize, not to ignore the violence, not to ignore the violence, but to recognize the peacefulness of it, right? And sometimes people look at protesters as bad people. Like I said, I used to be an activist. I have participated in protests. We're not bad people. They think we're the ones that start trouble. We're not starting trouble. We are making our voices heard. We are fighting against what's incorrect in the world, the injustices of the world. If we didn't say anything, then people will just assume it's okay. If Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did not say anything, where would we be now? You know, so protesters are not the bad people or not the bad guys. There are different types of protesters, however. There are the peaceful ones. There are the there there's only need there you need a little like uh one bad egg in the dozen or whatever that will start something. Literally can start something and they may not be fully 
organized in an organization. We also have anarchists that kind of react, and those are the people who tend to like to break buildings or cause trouble in that sense, right? And then there's the people who are not even protesters, but who decide to loot to take advantage of this moment. Now, I'm against stealing, I'm against looting, but I understand why. Yeah. I understand why they do it. Yeah, so... Um, what are your thoughts on all this, uh, the looting and the protesters? So, so I, it's funny because I, I was having a conversation with my boys on the house party. And when, like I said, one of them's over here. I believe it's Pennsylvania. He's in. And then the rest of us are over here in the UK. And we're okay. having this conversation. Right. And I understand the concept of protesting. There is a message mm-hmm. that they're trying to deliver. And sometimes the voice of one person is not loud enough when they're saying the message. So you need a group to deliver the message. Black Lives Matter, bring back our girls, he, he can't breathe. We, we get it. There's a message that is, that's trying to be said here. And what's, what's, what's annoying and sad is that because we're Black, it feels like we're troublemakers and we're hooligans because of the people going about it, right? And it's not that we're troublemakers or we're hooligans. Black people are passionate. We're, we're passionate in general, you know. Mm-hmm. Our music, our sports, our culture, whatever you see, we're passionate. Like, yeah. you know, you go to a black person's church and <laughs> yes. you, the whole street's dancing. We're passionate. You go to, you know, don't take the wrong way, you go to a Caucasian church and they're pretty structured and controlled and, you know, <laughs> peaceful. Whereas black folk, we're dancing around. We're just passionate. And, we're, and that's how we're trying to deliver this message. We're passionate the fact of... This has happened against one of us again. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Now the argument is, well, where it happened, the law in this place that says, you know, that doesn't say anything has to be done. Whereas the law in this place says, well, you can damn right do something about it. Mm-hmm. The law in this state says such and such. These are the things I've been hearing. But I understand the message. And yeah, okay, there are other ways we could deliver this message. Maybe we don't have to protest. I mean, we're we're very we're learned people. We we can we can play the system at their own game mm-hmm. and try and do it that way. But how long is it going to take before they listen to us? Mm-hmm. What else do we need to do? Okay, do we need to vote for the right kind of people to fight for us? Fair play. But in the meantime, we need to be heard about what's happening right now mm-hmm. and just to let you just to let everybody know that we're not going to be bullied just because but it's right. a form of bullying now the looting aspect of it look man this is this is one of those things where we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot here because right we try to send a message but we try not to be stereotypes and you got like some people who are going out there being like there's an opportunity to get shit and that's defeating the purpose of the message right. you understand Right. We're trying. We're trying to deliver a message here where you can't do something that's wrong to us and think it's okay. And when you get a lot of bunch of people looting, well, we're trying to deliver this message. We're basically saying we're basically being double standards. Oh, you say don't do wrong, you know, because it's affecting us. But you're doing wrong mm-hmm. because it's affecting you. Right. Do you understand? So that part, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't condone looting aspects. I get it. It's a free. It's an opportunity. Seize the moment. Mm-hmm. Yolo. Get it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with writing. We're passionate, yes. We're we're angry, yes. We're hurt a lot, yes. But you know, part of my phrase, you know, white folk don't be doing it that way sometimes unless they just want to be spiteful. They're very clever at getting the point across and showing their pain. And you hardly see them writing unless it's sports or or they're at war. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we are at war. But we're trying to deliver a message that Black Lives Matter, and we need to do it in a bit more in a different approach. Let's just focus on the message and not the merchandise that we can get while delivering the message. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that that's just my view. That's just my view on it at the moment. But I just wonder if with all this protesting, are we going to be heard again? Or they're just mm-hmm. going to brush under the carpet. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen before shit goes sideways and then we really flip out. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's... It's hard to contemplate what the future will be like, you know? Um, it's just a repetitive cycle over and over again. And, uh, you know, when I first heard about 
George Floyd, I almost it almost became like a normal thing to hear, which is sad. I don't want to get used to this. This is not right. And I I got scared when I realized, oh, my gosh, you're getting used to this. You know, I almost didn't watch the video, but I did. I did it for myself. I did it to remind myself that this is the truth out there. We can't turn a blind eye. Even though I'm not black, I can't. I can't turn a blind eye and ignore it. It still exists. <laughs> I, I hear you. So, like, so over here, right, a lot of people are taking it hard, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, white people, um, a lot of Asian people, but, you know, it's funny, over here, we consider Indian people, Asian people as black, like us, like, we're all black so so when we hear white folk get emotional about it we're like okay fine all right then you want you date black people right that's why you're tripping so um but they really take it they're taking it quite you know serious over here that they're really going in now 50 percent of people are going all you people who date black people you might want to start talking up now or you go to get your lip fillers done and you want to get your booty like j-lo or like Nicki Minaj, now to start piping up now and join the join the movement. Don't just be, you know, don't just do it for face. Mm-hmm, Act. Mm-hmm. You want to be black, so now stand up for the black folk, right? Mm-hmm. But um, one of my friends who's from Liverpool, uh, somebody I know, and she's passionate about it. She's a white woman. She is so passionate. She loves the the rights movement. She's like you, you know. She likes to protest and then she follows the movement and everything like that. And she was like so angry. Like she was angry. Like yeah angry like she just saw it in her face angry and i and then she said to me you know oh, how do you feel and i'm kidding you not i said i've been used to it we, we've been this has been happening to our, us and our generation for the longest time mm-hmm. so i understand why you're angry but for us it's not it shouldn't be normal, but it's not mm-hmm. and she just got and you can hear it and you can read it in the message that she just got upset saying yeah, but you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to be used to it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the fact of the matter. That that's just how it is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, black people will always get black people and women that are getting battered at home. It's the two things that are always going to be happening. A woman's going to get battered because she's a woman. A black man's going to get shot by mistake because he put his hand in his pocket and they thought they were going to bring out a gun, mm-hmm. or because he he wore a, he had a hoodie on. And it's uh, 25 degrees outside. Or, you know, it's always going to be like that. And I don't know why. I don't know why they're so intimidated by us. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I think it's just like, um, it's what I've heard also is like learned racism. You know what I'm saying? Like they, I don't think anyone comes out and be like, I hate black people. You know, come out of the world in their mother's womb all like, I hate people. You know, I hate these kind. It's because of whatever's been said in their homes, the way their parents have reacted um, has has affected them. And therefore, they also grown to adapt those those beliefs, unfortunately, you know, and so. Um, it it takes it's hard to address obviously change our parents or whatever but it all starts with us individually right okay. even even stereotypes as much as it can be innocent and sometimes funny like all asian people eat rice you know i mean there's some truth <laughs> to it there's some truth to it but you can't just assume everybody you know yeah. does that so that's the i think the reality first of all is to not judge someone by stereotype first get to know them you know and stereotypes are not um because my boyfriend was like saying well i like i'm mexican and i like beans so it's okay to to believe in to do the stereotype but then that's different like it's not onto the the person acting you know the stereotype it's the other people the outside that are not the stereotype like a white person looking at a mexican person like I mean, you can have that idea that, yeah, in their culture, beans is a one of the main sources of food, yes, but don't assume it. Don't like just say, it. yeah, you Mexican, you love beans, right? You know, as oh, much yeah. as like, oh, black people like fried chicken, right? You know, like don't, yeah. <laughs> it's, those are kind of funny stereotypes, but then also there's the stereotypes that can get people in trouble, like, oh, black people are thieves, right? Or Asian people like to do karate, you know? And it's just, yeah, no, yeah. like stop it right there. Just stop it. Don't, don't say it out loud, first of all, and try to change your, your judgment on that, that that's not how everyone is. Everyone is different. But, um, so you have two kids, right? You said two sons? 
I got two kids. I got a boy and a girl. Boy and girl, yes, that's right. And how old are they? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. And so how have you what kind of conversations have you been having with them in regards to stuff like this? So it's funny, right? So my ex wife, who's the mother to my kids, mm -hmm. she's very, very pro black, you know, Black Panthers. Mm. She tries to she tried a lot in the last after the Bring Back Our Girls, around the Bring Back Our Girls campaign and the first time Black Lives Matter situation kicked off, you know, she she really tried to push it over here right. um, in, in Leeds, which is great. I mean, the community, the, you know, the Afro-Caribbean and Afro-American and African cultures, you know, society in, in Leeds, it's there. It's there. It's, it, it's growing all the time, right? Mm. So, um, but where we, where we live is a predominantly white neighbourhood, mm. okay? <laughs> so my daughter, our daughter, um, she had the first moment of, "Mommy, when can I can I have my hair straight like like white people say? Because maybe I'll be prettier." Oh wow! You know? How old was she when she said that? And she was young. Yeah, she was. She was. I mean, she's young now, but she was like younger. What seven? Got about it. seven, right? And okay. kid, you know, kids are. Kids see things, they just take it as visual, you know, you, there's a way you have to, I believe you have to talk to your kids and encourage your kids and motivate your kids into a different kind of thinking and not just be very, very close-minded because you think it's the right way. Right. So, you know, their mom went in with the whole buying black dolls and black teddy bears and yeah. stuff like that, you know, and all that stuff. And then, you know, Afro-Caribbean outfits to wear and stuff like that and dashikis kind of stuff, which is great. It's nice. And she's grown up in Nigeria, my ex-wife. Okay. I grew up in the UK, okay. right? So I had loads of white friends. I had Indian friends. I had Asian friends, you know, and that's been my life growing up. So when, when their mom told me this, told me this happened, I sat my daughter down and I said to her, why do you think it's prettier to be white? And she said, because when we're playing games, all the white girls get chased and they don't chase me. And I was like, okay, baby, but that's nothing to do with your color. That's probably because maybe she gives them loads of sweets so she does something for them so they like to chase them because they get stuff. It's got nothing to do with your color. You don't have to feel unattractive because of your color. Do you, I, you know, I even went to the point of saying, do, do I look ugly? Does your mom look ugly? No, well, you are both me and your mom. So if we ain't ugly, then there's no way you can be ugly. You understand? Mm -hmm. And I sit there and say, there's no, there's no black is better and there is no white is superior. There is no Chinese is cooler. There is no Indian smells funny. There's none of that stuff. You understand? There's just you and Sarah or Timothy or Jerome or whoever, it is just you and that person. Mm -hmm. If I turn off all the lights, could you tell who's black just by looking? She was like, no, because you can't see exactly. So then don't feel like you have to be them to be better. Mm -hmm. Be who you are and be the best version of yourself. You know? And I saw a video, you might have seen it. It's the one on the Steve Harvey show with the two boys. One's black, one's white. And it was a, it's from the States. And they had a day when it was like, dress up as your twin. So the white kid was like, okay, I'm going to dress up as, I think the boy's name was Darnell or something like that. I'm going to dress up, let's dress like Darnell. We're going to be twins. Mm -hmm. And the mom's never heard of this guy, this this boy, and has never met the mom. So she had to go through, and the mom's white, so she had to go through and find this parent, get the phone number, call her up and say, hey, here's these clothes. Your son's going to need to work because my son says that he's, that's his twin brother. One's black, one's white. Yeah. When you ask them, why is he your twin brother? He was like, because he's nice, because he plays with me, because we like the same things. Mm. He's because he was white or yeah. because he was black. Right. So you already know that this is something that's imposed on someone. Mm -hmm. it's, it's put on them in such a way that they now believe that that's the way to be. Right, right. And I'll give you another example. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen this video. It was posted around TikTok like a meme. A joke thing and I get I get it the joke thing but then I don't think it's funny and it was the same thing about lockdown and there's a kid got a dad asking his son why can't we go out and it's like oh because of lockdown something 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 oh because a guy ate a bat could a Chinese but a Chinese person ate a bat and he's like and the dad's like oh fuck and then the son's like yeah fucking Chinese now somebody would be laughing thinking ah oh, 
is funny because he said it, but then if you think about it, mm-hmm. that's where it stops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now he's going to say it somewhere else harmlessly, and then that's how it starts. Right. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, starts yes. there. Yes. Yes. And that's the that, that that's the problem. It, it starts there. Right. And then it just grows like a virus and spreads like a virus. Yeah. Right. No, I totally agree. I mean, even those like little comments that sometimes are some parents, some backward parents may say, right, kind of gets to you, right? And you start believing yeah. it the more you the, the more the, they say things like that. Um, and you mentioned like it's a virus, and actually our governor here in California, Governor um gavin newsom said that there are two viruses happening right the covid and hate right so and unfortunately the hate virus has been going on forever unfortunately right um but yeah that's really interesting about you know having those types of discussions right and yeah and how how they can start adapting like whether it's their own the culture around them and also the identity that has already bestowed on them you know through heritage and through culture. I think it's always a balance. Um, especially for my experience, I'm I'm Asian, yes, I'm Filipino. My parents uh came from the Philippines, but I didn't grow up in the Philippines. I wasn't born and raised. So I always identify myself as Filipino American to recognize my Filipino heritage and my culture and even recognize the struggles that my parents have have experienced coming here and even even as they were like raising me and my sister. And then I always recognize my American side because I don't want to just say I'm Filipino only because, hey, reality is I am American. I'm not ashamed of it. I mean, I'm ashamed of like the racism, but I'm not ashamed of growing up here because it is part of me. Right. I speak the way I speak. Yeah, I speak the way I speak because of, you know, everyone speaks English here. Right. So I'll speak English. I do know a little Tagalog. I do know like my parents' dialect from where they're from. Yes. Um, and so it's just, we just have to first uh, be proud of who we are, um, but also not to judge other people for who they are. And that comes from the parents also, or someone else in their life that can influence them otherwise. So, yeah. yeah. So to me, this is, this is the challenge, right, mm-hmm. that we're facing. And this is, where, this is where things get bitter and this is where anger starts from from all sides here and this is so a lot of us racism is a thing it's there it's it's not invisible it's it's there yeah you know there's there's intelligent racism and there's full full on blunt sledgehammer to the face racism right but there's racism there's banter racism right. hey there's five black people yeah but we got a white friend because we might need someone to talk to the police it's racist it's a racist <laughs> comment do you know what i mean yeah. oh he's black how many baby moms you got it's racist, do you know what I mean? Yo, Bruce Lee over there, calm down. You know, I've got a Chinese friend at work, and he's Cantonese. And every time he sees me, he calls me uh, Chris Tucker, and I call him, you know, Jackie Chan from Rush Hour. And we always have this job. You know, it's taken us a lot of years to build this job, but it's racism, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing. People will tell you, you can't let your children forget their heritage, where they're from. You understand? You've got to teach them to be strong and fight and don't let them be oppressed and bullied by racism, right? Right. And you have the other guys who will say, I understand that, but, you know, we live here and what's happened to our ancestors is not as extreme as what's going on now. And and then, you know, in the middle, they're fighting. And this is the argument I have. And I'm like this. I'm not oblivious to the fact that there's racism. However, we're in the day and age now where we have to remind our children where we're from, mm-hmm. remind yourself where you came from, mm-hmm. but also be aware of where you are right now mm-hmm. and be able to not allow where you're from right. to cause you to react violently towards something and not allow where you are right now to make you oblivious to what's going on, but be able to meet in the middle, come together and be like, all right, we're aware of the history and the culture of what we've been through. However, in this day and age, there is a way or there is a better way to to attack this situation rather than going all the time and fighting in the street. You know, because at the end of the day, you have no time, you have no energy left. If your generation, my generation is fighting, and then my kids' generation are fighting, and then our kids' kids' generation are fighting, you know, that's all, all that's going to be happening is we're just fighting and no one ain't winning. No one ain't getting nowhere. 
Right. Um, you know, and I try to I try to remind my children, you're Nigerians, you understand, and you're black, and people are going to have an issue. Some people, some people are going to have an issue with you being black. Other people are gonna not even gonna care, and some people are gonna want to be like you, and some people are gonna with you because you're black. You understand? Mm-hmm. So understand that all this is going to happen, but don't allow it to define you or right. change who you are, or make it a reason to to boycott or, or jump in the street and shout and be like, "Yeah, yeah, Black Lives Matter." Why are you shouting in the street? Tell me why. Tell me why Black Lives Matter to you. Don't just don't just. Because everybody's doing it, right? Just yeah, I'm black. I'm proud, as in me myself. I'm black. I'm proud. And will I let anybody be racist to me? No, not in the slightest. Will I fight? I would fight. No, no, not that either. There should be a logical. There should be a smarter way to fight. Maybe take the war to them in their language rather than only using our language. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I, that 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 that's that's how I see it. And let's face it, racism is it's not going to go anytime soon. You know, people fear what they don't understand. Right, right. And they did. <laughs> it's like you know, when your mom says to you, "Don't worry, baby. The more they hate on you, the more you're doing great." If they're going to keep hating on us and try to shoot us or what do you call it? Uh, subdue us under arrest by force or make us a taboo because let's face it when you're when you're a different color culture you're a taboo i never been with a filipino girl before i've always wondered what it was like as opposed to what like as opposed to what other country you understand mm-hmm. so as long as we're as long as we're exotic you're gonna get haters <laughs> and you're gonna get lovers that's just how it is it's just kind of ironic that yeah they'll see us exotic and they're also afraid but then some people yeah. want to be like us. It's just like a weird like twist. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that movie Get Out by Jordan yes. Peele. Yeah, like it's kind of like like that almost, you know, where like you know you see <laughs> you see people who are not black trying to be black because in their mind that's cool or that's strength, yeah. you know, that's power. But yet that was isn't that interesting? Like that was a good movie. That was a really yeah. good movie. A very good like um smart commentary yeah yeah it was a message that was had to be said in a way that you gotta be like come on man like there there are some comments in that movie where you're like dude this is a message like you must understand this if people come out the movie go that was a really good movie honestly man i want to go see it again and i ask you why and you don't tell me the message i'm like you're just a racist (laughs) i'll be like you're just a racist well, then that's an opportunity, right, for you to just have a discussion, right? Like, but, oh, you yeah. know, why is it interesting to... Sometimes you just have to ask the right questions for them to listen to their own logic. And they'll... they'll if they're smart, they will correct themselves. <laughs> or they'll get it in a year later after what you had said to them, you know? Well, you know what's really funny? And it is what's really funny is... I mean, we're talking about how, what's wrong. It's wrong what's happened to one of our fellow people. One of our fellow people. Notice I didn't say one of our fellow black men. One of our fellow people, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a person. Forget the color. It's a person, right? It's real funny. Right now, we're we're fighting. We're protesting. We're fighting. We're not happy. But we're racist too sometimes because mm-hmm. you're supposed to try to set an example here, right? And we are racist to each other anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think the point we're supposed to be making here is we need to really stop hating on each other. Like, imagine right now people are dying over this invisible virus that nobody really knows what to cure. You're a super flu. Let's call it the super flu, right? Mm-hmm. People are dying of the super flu right now. The world has been in isolation for the longest time. Yeah, we still got time to kill a brother and fight over killing a brother. Like, we we got time for that. Like we we so busy hating on everybody, we got time to kill a brother and then use it as an excuse to fight a lot of other people for killing a brother. And it's like, why are we doing this? That to me, that's the real question. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you got time to be killing another guy accidentally or on purpose? And how everybody else got time to fight 
against these people when we should be looking after each other. We should be being our brother's keeper. That's what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And instead, we, we say one side is right, one side is wrong, one side is wrong, one side is right. And I'm like, none, none of you are right. To me, none of you are right. Because mm-hmm. all you're doing now is when the next generation grow up, they're going to be hating on white folk or they're going to be hating on black folk. And it's, just, it's not stopping. Mm-hmm. It's not stopping. Right. And they're doing this with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X saying that, you know, we have a dream that, you know, racism, and we should start to fight together. And all they're seeing is the protesting that happened in those days. That's what they're doing and saying, in, in, you know, fighting for us. And I'm like, you're missing the point. Because, yeah, they protested to a degree. But then these same people sat down in buildings and had conversations with these people. They didn't just do it the fighting approach. We just had to we had to fight for a bit first so we could get hurt. Mm-hmm. Rosa Parks didn't kick the crap out of Novel on the bus. She just sat on the other side. Yeah. And then when they started to move, she spoke. She didn't even fight. She didn't protest. She spoke. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Jackie Robinson when he went into the toilets for white folk at the petrol station. And they were like, you can't go there. You have to go in the other one. He's like, well, then we'll all get back on the bus and buy our petrol elsewhere. By the way, we're the guys who are going to win the World Series for you guys, but it's okay. And then they were like, there were no protesting there either. Like, people protesting all the time, and I, I like it, but you're missing the point here. These same people who love so much to say, we're doing it in the name of these people, they also sat down and spoke in the language of the people that they oppressed that they're trying to get. They spoke in their language because when they realized that the language they're using, was only getting people hurt, killed, locked up, or worse. Mm-hmm. You have to switch up the game and speak to them in the language they understand. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or am I just going to go <laughs> No, I, I perfectly understand. And I think to also take note with what you're talking about with Rosa Parks, even MLK, Malcolm X, that even though they were prominent leaders or um, icons of the time of the civil rights movement, we also have to remember that they were part of huger movements, right? There were people behind them that we may not know their faces or their names, right? Like same thing when I used to do a lot of community work, we had, we had the set people who would talk to the media, who would make the speeches. And, um, and so that's why, um, to recognize them is important, but to also recognize that there are people behind them, the people who join the protest, the people who make sure, um, you're safe during the protest. We had allocated people who were watching out, you know, make sure no one was like jumping in and causing trouble. Or if yeah. there was someone causing trouble, it was someone there to talk to them about it and have a conversation about them or with them to understand that we're not here to cause violence. We're just here to speak our minds. This We do have freedom of speech here. I don't know if you heard, yeah. but in our constitution, that's something that still exists. Um, yeah. Unfortunate, I mean, not fortunate, fortunate we have that um, actually talking about uh, freedom of, of, of speech you know in the news right now they're actually in our news there's been media that have been attacked by our police um, I forgot I think it was uh, was it CNN where uh, this policeman was aiming at this reporter and her crew and they're shooting rubber bullets at her they filmed the whole thing wow. I know he had no shame yeah he had a mask you know but it was like who is he aiming at oh it's us i can feel the rubber bullets that's what she's saying literally this reporter i was like these people have no shame whatsoever or this nine-year-old who got maced who got maced yeah um i know you mentioned you haven't seen the video i didn't want to see the video um i I go to this new source called democracynow.org because they're unbiased and they show the truth, the more than the truth that they sh- you see in um, the usual TV networks. And don't mind, I do listen to those. I do watch those because they have local news. But Democracy Now, which is headquartered in New York, does have a like amazing, amazing like coverage of of everything that you can think of. And what I like about them is that they're not supported by corporations. You know, it's all like individual like donations and they've been around for years. I would suggest to check out Fridays because they do go over what happened in the last span of the yeah, last three days. I'll send you the link if you're interested. Um yeah, and they'll show some of the clip. They'll warn you like, Hey, this is this, but it's it's rough, you know, seeing it. But 
I, I had to watch it. I don't, I don't like turning the blind eye and ignoring things like that. And they'll go over... Brianna Taylor, who was a 26-year-old African-American emergency room technician. She was an aspiring nurse. She was shot by policemen in her own home in March. What happened was that despite of the no-knock warrant that they have, the police claimed they knock on the door several times. Once they entered, they were, quote, they were met with gunfire, end quote. Brianna Taylor's husband, Kenneth Walker, says they did not knock. And when the officers abruptly entered, Mr. Walker shot at the officers out of fear. He says they did not announce themselves and assumed they were breaking in. One officer was shot in the leg. They searched the apartment and no drugs were found. So there's that. Um, it's it's really unfortunate and it's just amazing. These stories get get more crazier and crazier because you would think you'd be safe at your own home, right? I don't know. That's what I thought home was to me. I feel like sometimes, you know, we have this running joke that there must be some sort of way of culling the population. Do you know what I mean? And what do you mean? Say it again? Culling, like um, cutting back the population. Like there's an increased surge of this cult, this race of people, we're going to need to cut them back a bit. So we'll, we'll find a way of accidental murders, accidental arrests, uh, shut, shut up in house, whatever we can do to bring the numbers down, balance out again, and then we're all good. Sometimes I feel that's what we're doing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and it's, and you know what? Maybe there are other people who are getting attacked out there, but it seems like when it's uh, of different race, it's publicized differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's publicized differently, mm-hmm. you know? And then I don't think it's taken so seriously either, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know, like last year, I think last year for some reason there was a big thing on race. You know, after the first Black Lives Matter situation, ra- you know, racial attacks became a huge thing, you know. And there were so many different productions that came out. You know, uh, there was the whole Central Park Five thing that came out. And it was like people just waking up to the fact that I didn't know racism was that serious. And I'm like, dude, where have you been? <laughs> No racism is that. I live in West Yorkshire, Leeds, and I'm telling you, the, the police here, the police in London where I grew up, they are racist. They are full on racist. Yeah. Like, you know, they will, it's, I'm like, dude, don't be silly. Just really don't say there's racism here. Don't tell me you don't know. Don't say to me, I, don't, I didn't know it was that bad. What do you mean you didn't know it was that bad? Like, it's on the news every day. Every other day, it's on the news. That's crazy to hear. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you're in a bubble. Like, it must be really safe where you are, but wake up. Like, this is happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is really happening. Right. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, like, he needs to watch the news, you know? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. to... Watch it once. You only need to watch it once a week. Just once. It's enough. Yeah. If you can watch it Monday to Sunday, I salute you. I can only cope with a few days of watching the news, and then it's depressing. Yeah, yeah. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So as much as our conversation has been about the protest, which is it shouldn't be necessarily a bad thing. It shouldn't be negative at all. Oh. Again, um, there has been peaceful protests um, in across the across the nation, uh, I do want to recognize there are some positive things from this. Um, In Democracy Now!, they did show uh, clips. Was it Democracy Now!? It might have been YouTube as well. There has been good uh, uh, footage there on YouTube where in New Jersey, they showed like a white policeman actually joining the protests, right? There's, yeah, which is great. There's, there was a black officer that was in the, in the midst of a protest that actually, I forgot, I don't know who he was speaking to, but he was saying, you know what? These people have the right to be angry. They have the right to let them protest. Let them protest. Because I'm sure, even though he was a police officer, first and foremost, he's a black man, right? When the uniform's off, he's still a black man. And probably to see that, like both like his brother of a, as of a police officer and then a brother, you know, his brother of like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just mind boggling for him to be like, I can't believe I'm part of this system of injustice. And yet here's this man killing someone who looks like me, you know what I mean? So I can, I can, I can see how troubling that is for him, but he stood, he spoke out, he was on his uniform. He was with his gear, you know, and he told people like, you guys have the right to be here. You know, you have the That's right. True. Yeah. And then there was, uh, I believe, looked like a Jewish group 
They were just, you know, on the sideline, but they were praying and they had signs. They had justice for George Floyd. I did. Yeah, I did hear that. I mean, I, yeah. I saw in the news this morning and there was, uh, I don't know where he was. And it was like, yeah, there have been people here that are just praying and, you know, it's been peaceful. It's been silent. It's not been as, as violent, you know, as expected. I saw a video um, of a, it's supposed to be like a, it's a lesson in the video. It's like a, a white guy who sees a black guy outside and he's like, I think this guy, you know, he's standing outside my house. I think he's about to rob, the, rob my house, blah, 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 calling the police. And then eventually it goes to him again saying, just because you see a black man outside your house and he looks intimidating and he looks like this or he looks whatever that you wouldn't think is cool doesn't mean he's up to something. Yeah. All it means is just mind your fucking business. That's what it means. Like, mind your own business. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't, not everybody is up to something. Not every black guy, like you said previously, is a stereotype. Yeah. I mean, right. so just mind your business. You do you and let them do them. And it is what it is. So the protesting this time, I think, has hit a nerve across the world more mm -hmm. than last time mm -hmm. which is good mm -hmm. it's ugly that racism is still happening but it's good that this protest has hit a nerve somewhere now how far will that nerve go until it reaches the central nervous system of the government it's right. a different story but right now it's affecting everybody and it shows or from what we're seeing in the news, it's affecting everybody and it shows. Mm -hmm. um, are they showing only the best parts? Who knows? Are they showing the worst parts? Who knows? All we know is that so far, the message is being delivered. Now, we just want to make sure the people who need to listen are listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I know. So I live in, um, in LA County, like another town in LA County, and we actually have a curfew for some counties it's 1 p.m <laughs> it's already 2 23 um uh, yeah that's the earliest some are at 6 p.m some are at 8 p.m being the latest so that is what's, what's that so in some places you can leave your house after 1 p.m yeah 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 wow yeah my county is one of them so I was, when I told you I was out doing errands, I was like hurrying the F up, you know, like, let's, <laughs> let's go, you know, and everybody was on the road. And I think they would probably have that back of their mind, right? Like they're trying to get home. And especially in the town that, um, there's a nearby town called Long Beach. And for sure at oh, yeah. one, at 1 PM, it was there, uh, are you okay? <laughs> Sorry, I was just closing my blinds. Okay, right. watch out for them peoples out there, those white people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not talking about you guys, sorry. Yes. <laughs> all good stuff. No, I'm just like, <laughs> all jokes, <laughs> all jokes here. Um, no, I, when you were talking about your story about that uh, person, you know, feeling insecure because there was a black guy outside, yeah. you know, the only running joke I could think of is like, nobody wants your jank shit. You know, nobody wants your shit in your house, no matter who you are. <laughs> Don't think you're special, okay? Exactly. Um, you don't got time for that. Or another way you can look at it is if somebody is in the corner, no matter what it's ethnicity, I question them. I don't care who you are, white, black, yeah. Asian. I was like, why are you in there? Well, how long are you in that corner? You exactly. Were you <laughs> yeah. just waiting for me to come in? Or were you just there? Yeah. Uh, anything, I'm standing in the corner with it. I want to see why you're in the corner. So yeah. let's see what's on the corner together. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate for me because I live like, I'm, I'm at a corner house. Across the street is a high school. So, I mean, I get it. Like, the kids get off and they wait in our yard. Not in our yard, but our corner. But sometimes there's cars that are sitting there for a long hour. I'm like, who is this? You know, of course you can't help but be like, <laughs> Who are you? You know, and I've, I've done that for all kinds of people. It doesn't matter what they look like. But if you're sitting there and I have not seen your card, never, then it makes me, you know, I yeah. can't help it. I just can't help it. So I understand that fear. But sometimes if there's no evidence to support your fear, then you shouldn't react. You, should, yeah. you shouldn't react. You know, you have exactly. no evidence. Exactly. Don't, don't, don't be so proactive if you don't know what's happening. 
Like sometimes just wait. It sounds horrible. Wait for the action and then react. Yeah. But don't be trying to die being proactive because that's how accidents happen. Right. That's how that's how shit happens. I mean, you know, remember that guy who what did he have in his pocket? What did he have in his jacket pocket? And was it a lighter or something that he was gonna take out mm-hmm. of his inside pocket? And the policeman thought he had a gun, so he shot. So he shot him first, mm. like he shot. Him. And then he was like, then when he took out, he was, I think I don't know what it was, but it wasn't a gun. Uh, and it, that that's that proactive kind of thinking. Yeah. What if it was a gun? What if he did get shot? Yeah. You weren't protected. Right. Yeah. You got a better chance of surviving than this dude who just came out in his whatever. So sometimes you just gotta wait. Just be reactive. You know, it may save somebody's life. Yeah, don't, I mean, yeah, first of all, think logically, you know, and don't just say, yeah, that's, that's, that's dangerous. I mean, like those cops and what they did to George Floyd, they reacted. They didn't take the time to listen or even just, dude, just arrest him, put him in the car, you know, take him back to the precinct, like follow the order that has been the protocol that has been set. Don't, I don't know why you did have, why did, I don't know why they had to do what they had to do. Um, There was, a, yeah, exactly. There was like, four, yeah, there's like four of them. There's like Kim, like yeah, <laughs> pretty sure. If he takes up one of you, three of you can jump him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You don't need to kill him. Yeah, just subdue the guy exactly nicely. Now, would you do that to a person who was of Caucasian race? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that joke with Dave Chappelle that he does with the Law and Order for Black folk versus Law and Order episode for White folk, and it's like. If white folk went through what black folk went through, it's crazy. You know, there's different there's different terms of quote unquote negotiation that happens for the different races. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, you know, we're all the same, but yeah, we get different negotiation techniques. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's oh uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know if I've seen that one, but I should I should watch that one. That one sounds funny. Um, but on my way out on the radio. They were, they were, I don't know who, you know, I caught in the middle, so I wasn't sure who was speaking, but he was talking about how, I think he saw this on YouTube where a black man was being arrested and he was suspected for doing whatever. And the black guy was like, I am, I am not who you say you are. I, I am. I'm not, I'm not that guy. He's like, oh, whatever. But you, you know, you look like that suspect. You look like that suspect, right? He he go, and the black man goes, go ahead and check my pocket. Go get my ID and see who I am, right? So at this time, they had already cuffed him and everything. They look at his ID. He was an FBI agent. And then the guy was like, the cop was like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just that you look like him. We just thought, I'm like, how racist was that? Like, what? (laughs) Okay, here we go. (laughs) This is before, maybe about two years before I moved up north. And I was in a train, right? And I've got I've got a lot of tattoos now, but at the time I had one tattoo, tiny little thing, it was like a birthmark on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And um, I got off the tube near my mom's house because I was going home to my mom's. So I got off the tube and I'm walking. So these police got on the train like two stops before I got off, mm-hmm. and I'm looking and I'm thinking, oh, whatever. I get off. They get off. I'm walking up the stairs. They walk up the stairs. I go through the barrier. They go through the barrier. And then they stop me. So I'm like, yeah. Now, in London, we're not very friendly to the police, naturally. So <laughs> I look him up and down. And he's like, can you take your hood off? And I was like, no. And he's like, can you take your hood off? I'm like, why? And he goes, well, we have somebody that could be possibly fit in your description. And I'm like, coming from where? And going to where? He's like, well there's been an assault and I'm like so there's been an assault and I casually took the tube in the clothes that I assaulted the person in where there's no stains on so so then I overheard on the radio the man saying yeah he should have a tattoo on his leg I was wearing shorts that day so I said well there's no tattoo on my leg and he's like what do you mean I'm like well the guy on the radio said said there should be a tattoo on his leg so anyway I said, when he realized it wasn't me, I said, out of curiosity, can I see the picture? Because you have a picture of the person. So I could tell you if they live around here. Show the picture. This guy has a bald head, has earrings, yeah? And his fake, he didn't look nothing like me. The only thing that was 
close to me because he was black. Mm. And I was like, you picked me because I was black. Nothing in that photograph and me look the same. We're not even the same build. We're the same color. What kind of racism is that? Now I apologize. And he tries to arrest me for being um, a nuisance. I was like, oh, oh so wow. you could ask you to apologize to me. You want to arrest me for being a nuisance? Do it. My mom and dad live down the road here, and they're church people. Do it. And you watch not bring the church down to deal with me. And you just let me go. Yeah. So, yeah. That's crazy. I know crazy. exactly what the FBI agent felt like. That's crazy, man. I mean, that goes back to just, oh, because you look like someone, you know, that's, I mean, that's the, see, that's the worst kind of stereotype. And for someone with that authority to use a stereotype like that to do their work, that's, yeah. that's totally incorrect. You know, there's a reason why they give them that idea of like has a tattoo in his leg, you know, and you said he they had a photo? Yeah. If they didn't have a photo, I wouldn't have been insulted. They had a photo, and I was like, this dude doesn't look nothing like me. Like, there's nothing, nothing other than black. There was nothing the same. Same haircut, wasn't the same haircut, not even the same build, nothing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Just the same complexion. And I just got so mad. But you have to be careful what kind of madness you get with a policeman. Because, you know, say the wrong thing, and that's it. It doesn't matter who's in the right anymore. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I was just like, wow. You know, that was my first direct, direct experience of racism. Wow. I was like, wow. What year was that? Well, that was, uh, I've been in Leeds now 12 years, 12 and a bit years. So let's say about 14 years ago. Wow. And it's, 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 it's sad that it's still happening. That's their, that's their professional way of identifying people by color. <laughs> And it's sad because I'm sure they went through weeks and probably months of training and how to, you know. Passed all kinds of tests, all kinds of mental tests, emotional tests, judgmental tests, no, everything. It, it doesn't, it's not easy to pass a police force only for them to pick you up by what can only be described as a color palette that you get in a paint store to be like, I need this shade of brown, please, or this shade of brown. Have you got anything in between? We'll pick that one basically what they did oh my gosh that's horrible well i'm i'm glad that you're safe from that whole altercation and nothing. <laughs> no i'm serious i mean i don't i don't it, it's just it's just scary i can't imagine you know being a black person and being scared right being approached already just even being talked yeah. to must be terrifying you know and because I hear, I, I, I see all this violence against black people, I'm afraid for myself. I, I, I know there's not those, those stories about Asian people, but still you're like, you, you can't trust them. You just can't, you know, I mean, because it just, it seems like they're all reactive. And yeah. it's unfortunate because I know there's good cops. I know yeah. there's good cops out there, but all these bad cops are like tainting um, what a good cop looks like or what a cop in general looks like. And uh, on the radio, one of, God, again, I heard, I don't know who he was, but he was talking about that the good cops, it's one thing to be a good cop, but they need to also be accountable of their fellow cops, right? Like, yeah. if you know <laughs> Joe Schmo has been racist or has been pissing on, like, you know, people of color, are you going to just, just chill and just live your old days? Or are you going to actually report it and say, hey, Joe Schmo, I've witnessed this. I don't think this is safe that he should be out there. Like, speak up, you know, like speak up, still advocate for, for that's how you can advocate for people who are experiencing these kind of things. Um, but yeah. anyway, um, any last words? I know we've been at it. It's like 57 minutes now in our conversation. <laughs> um, you have a bedtime. I think it's, uh, isn't it 1030 there or no? That's Ten thirty, yeah. yeah. So, uh, any parting words for our for my listeners here? What I'll say is this: I mean, it sounds very cliche, but we really do have to stop because the the knock on effect is this: a black person or a person of color gets attacked or gets mistreated unfairly by one person of non ethnic color. Yeah, let let's let's make it black or white. If a white person attacks a black or Asian or Indian person unfairly, they think that's where it stops, but it doesn't stop there. Because now 
another black person is on the street and they see another person of that color of that race, they're going to attack that person out of revenge or retribution for one of theirs that gets hurt. And now an issue starts and there's a war on color and on race and on terrorism and all this stuff, all because one person did the wrong thing. So we just need to really like look at stop fighting and literally look after each other and be be the example you want to see. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Be the example that you want to see mm-hmm. and be the change that you want to see. And it does sound cliche, but, you know, the hatred spreads like wildfire. You drop a cigarette in the outback in Australia where it's mad hot. You just need one cigarette and the whole place is destroyed. And that's what's happening. You know, you're sparking a fire that is going to spread like wildfire. You can't just put it out like that. Mm-hmm. So we just need to stop. We really just need to stop. Think and be the example. Be be the change that we want to see. Mm-hmm. And especially if you have kids, right? Because that's how kids learn these things is at that's home, actually. Learn. You know, yeah. the kids are not supposed to be a meme for racism. They're not supposed, it's not comical. Like, teach them to not look in color. You know, we live in different shades of gray and black anyway. Teach them to not look in ultra 4K, ultra HD color. Just look at them for who they are, mm-hmm. not for what they look like on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, do unto others as you like them to do to you. Do you know, mm-hmm. that's as simple as that. Starts it starts young, and you're not too old to change either. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So, yeah. Yes, I agree for sure. It's, it isn't. I hate that excuse sometimes when older people have that mentality of, oh, I'm old, I'm set in my ways, I can't change. I'm like, no, you can change. You just yeah. have accepted it's that, choice. you know, ageist, like, idea of, oh, I'm old, so no. I'm like, no, you still have a beating heart, my friend. You can still, you still have change, exactly. you still have voice. You can uh, change, it's a choice. Yeah. You can choose to change or you can choose to stay the same. Right, exactly. So, well, anyway, thank you, Rich, for hanging out with me. This was nice mini reunion. And uh, um, did you record anything new yet on your podcast? No, no, no. But I am going to do my reintroduction. As soon as before I go to bed now, I'm going to jump in and be like, hey, guys, guess who's back? Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, look for me. Um, so my new podcast is called Countless by Dara. I'm using my name now. All right, well, have a good evening to you, and yeah. I'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Right, see you later. Peace. Thank you, Rich, for joining me on this episode. Please check out his podcast titled My Life Rep by Step. Again, the title of this podcast is My Life Rep by Step by Coach Babs. Yes, his name is Rich, but he is known as Coach Babs on his podcast, My Life One Rep at a Time. And that's a slogan that's pretty nifty right there. Um, you can listen to it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you hear your podcast. This recording was done yesterday, Monday, June 1st. It is now Tuesday, June 2nd. And ever since then, there's been a lot of things that has happened in our nation. Um, protests are continuing throughout throughout different states. And President Trump has had a uh, press conference in which he says, quote, if a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. End quote. This worries me because so far President Trump hasn't really listened to the people. The people are furious. They have the right to protest. And actually, most of these protests started peacefully, right? Now, there are policemen that would just throw tear gas or attack innocent civilians that are peacefully protesting. So this pains me again to hear this kind of talk from the president. Unfortunately, I'm not surprised. I wish I was, but I'm not. Um, So that's that and that speech happened yesterday on monday 
and I don't want to go through all these events that happened yesterday because there's a lot. But what I do want to say is that if you do choose to participate in a protest, good for you. Um, it's it's definitely important to go out there and speak your mind to show support of George Floyd and other um, African Americans that have been unlawfully killed um, in these past months or even years. And um, if you're out there, please be safe. I can't express that enough. Again, I used to protest. Uh, thankfully, at those times, it wasn't too too uh, risky. Uh, we we marched, we protested peacefully. Um, there were policemen there, but they just kind of watched, you know, and make sure everything was okay. Really, I mean, nothing nothing um, happened to trigger anything serious. And um, with with this times it's it's scarier because we have this pre- we have this president who encourages violence against civilians you know as he said um about i believe on the 29th friday he said um, when the looting starts the shooting starts that's awful right like looting is bad but do you think these looters deserve to be shot at the spot? I don't think so. I think there's better means or ways to do that, to stop them from looting. Maybe start with tear gas. I don't know. All I know is I don't want to shoot anyone and I don't want anyone to get killed for looting. I know it's bad and it's a crime, yes, but come on. Let's just try to be understanding of people's circumstances. But anyway, if you are going to decide to protest, go with a group of people that you know like maybe two or three others and you know create a plan right and um agree where to protest and how far to protest and and when shit goes down uh, whether it's caused by another protester or a policeman or whatever it may be have a plan you know and just run leave you know and go somewhere safe have a safe point or something um be prepared bring water bring bring some snacks to stay uh hydrated and nourished throughout this whole time but please be safe especially if it's your first time protesting um and if it was a different um president then it might be better it might be even safer i have um protests in different administrations and you can I can tell like this one is pretty rough. So again, please be safe. Don't just go out there to have fun. It's not about fun at this point. This is about speaking your mind and fighting against injustice, fighting for what's right. As they say, um, no no justice, no peace. And that is true. That is true for um, people of color. That's true for minorities. That's true for the lower classes, the working classes. Um, but anyway, that's just me. I'm, I'm beginning to ramble here now. Um, but again, yes, please be safe. Um, continue to wear your mask. Coronavirus is still out there, still killing Americans and people around the globe. Don't think it has gone away just because the number of deaths has gone low doesn't mean you can still get infected. There is no vaccination. So please wear a mask, please, especially if you're going to attend a protest. But yes. Um, again, thank you for joining me here on Countless. This is the eighth episode. I hope you have a good day. Be good to yourself and be good to others. Peace.